Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. I mean, it's been two months now. Uh, I think the, the time is on our side. The longer we go and get things out, push things out, the safer things are going to be. But I also think that we've put in a lot of work this year. We've, we've only got, you know, what we played 62 games or something like that. We've almost got it got it done. So crowning a champion, if, if it's possible and if it's safe, I think we should still strive for that for sure. There's Raptors coach Nick Nurse on resuming the season. PK, Check him off the list. PK, do you feel? Yeah, as we continue to play, as we continue to play comeback bingo, I'm just wondering if you feel more like Lou Gehrig right now, or more like Cal Ripken? Because we got a streak here, and we're going to keep it together. And there it is. There's another day, and someone else talking about the return of sports. I would go with Lou because today, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I am the luckiest, luckiest, luckiest. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting you bring up Lou Gehrig or Cal Ripken. You go baseball because on this day, I think it was in 1941, Joe DiMaggio started his 56-game hitting streak, which is a super impressive statistic. Don't know that it will ever be broken. Today was hit number one. And also on this day in his early 70s, Nolan Ryan had the first of his seven no-hitters. Which one is more likely to be broken? Will somebody have eight no-hitters or 57 consecutive games with a hit? Because it's really easy to say, I don't think I'm going to see either one of those broken in my lifetime. But which one are you more wow, likely to man, see? man, that's a good question. Thank you. Every once in a while. Ooh. I would have to say, oh man! I think the eight no no back and forth six times. In I my know, mind but I, I think ten seconds. I think the eight no nos because the game has changed. We talk about how the NBA has changed, which I feel like I have to mention because I'm listening to the NBA music. <laughs> the NBA's changed with all the three point shots, and it has. But baseball's changed because now it's not about getting a hit and moving runners around. It's about knocking it out of the park. And if you strike out 150 times in a season, eh, whatever, you know, as long, as long as you hit the 40 homers. So uh, yeah. I just don't know that anyone, there aren't that many players who are going to hit 300, well, probably not even 300, you probably got to be hitting 350 or 375 or something to make the kind of contact to get that many hits in a row. Because even when you're batting second in the lineup, you're probably still hitting 20, trying to hit 25 homers. Even if you aren't, you're trying to. And it's the trying to hit the homer that messes up the streak. Uh, could possibly be, but at the same time, man, we're ever seeing managers take out guys with no hitters in the sixth inning because they don't throw that many pitches. And that's why we don't think we'll see either one of these things happen. But what we will see right now is I'm watching live baseball on ESPN2, the Korean League. Yeah, is that... It looks like it's raining. There's somebody with an umbrella in the background? It just started raining, yes. I've been watching it for about 20 minutes, and it did just start rain, yes. 
All right, DJ and PK, one thing here. Uh, the NBA teams are going to withhold more than $30 million from player paychecks today as players receive their first salary reduction since the league and union agreed to a plan to temporarily cut pay by 25%. Six of the league's top earners have already been paid in full and will not see a pay decrease today. LeBron, Steph Curry, John Wall, Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, Paul George. Their salary reductions will come out of their advances on October 1st or beginning with their November 15th paycheck. So there you go. Got an IOU per paycheck. Those are some awesome IOUs there. It's the guys who make hundreds of millions of dollars take care of the people who have tens of billions of dollars. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. How'd that Twitter feed look last night when the news broke and people had time to react and start piling on with their observations? Booth Gotch, reportedly transferring from the University of Utah. Larry Kristoviak issuing a statement late last night. Gotch is not in the transfer portal as of this morning. Could come at any time, and he may not transfer. He just may go to the NBA. So, but he's not coming back. He's he's definitely not going to be up on the hill. Kristoviak's statement, quote, We have been very supportive of Booth entering the NBA draft to obtain valuable evaluations from team personnel these past two months. So this comes as a surprise to myself and our staff after learning of Booth's intentions to transfer. Uh, and then it goes on, but close quote there. Groundhog Day, PK. We've seen this before. Yeah, my thought for you, and obviously we have, we've seen it several times, is it indicative of the times, which obviously it is, but is it more indicative of Larry's program because this happens, and it's happened with guys who are getting playing time. It's not guys, Majerus, at least with Majerus who averaged three guys a year leaving. I remember I, I did the numbers once, and it was basically three guys a year. And so a few of them were for discipline, but most of them was that he wanted the scholarship back, and so he ran them off. Yeah. And they weren't playing as much, and he wanted to be able to use the scholarship to go get somebody else. And it's a dirty business, and I suppose that was his right. And he certainly did that, because uh, we used to talk about, we used to joke about on senior day, uh, we should, they should also include cut day because by the end of the year, you knew which guys were going to get cut. And the players used to talk about that long walk that they'd have to make once they entered the Huntsman Center to go into his office, and they all knew what was coming. But here it seems like a different deal. So where does a, what would you put the percentage on the situation in which we live versus these guys just for whatever reason don't want to be in a program anymore? Well... I mean, 100%, this is the situation we live. I mean, it's, Yach will tell us the number. He will track it. And he's done it in the past years. This has gone over 600, over 700. Was it over 800 people last year? I believe you are correct. With yeah. 350 programs, we're getting close to. We're not there, but we're getting close to the three per year that Majerus had averaged, which at the time seemed like a huge number and is now only slightly above average. But... There is a lot of truth to what you just said, that these are not end-of-the-bench guys. These are guys who are either starting or playing starters minutes or are young guys who they've invested in who are expected to play starter or starter minutes. So, the, I mean, there's just no way around that. That's who these guys are. Booth Gotch has played starter minutes. I just looked it up. Jeff Goodman, who tracks this pretty closely as well, says we're over 900 already. Over 900 this year? Yeah. And so 1050 would be this three the, per team. And this is an academic year, so it starts 2019 through the end of this academic year, which is coming up here. So you still are close yeah. to 1,000 now. You know, it still comes back to what you always say, that if, if you win, everything's okay. 
if they won more, there'd probably be fewer transfers. But if they won more, if they were going to the NCAA tournament every year, I don't know that people would care. Maybe they would a little because maybe they'd be going out in the first and second round instead of going to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, or Final Four. So maybe there'd still be a care factor. The biggest issue here is they're not going to the NCAA tournament. And then you look at why, and it's, it seems like they don't have the advantage that these other schools have um, where they're bringing guys back and they have juniors and seniors. So they're able to beat the more talented teams because they have one and dones that haven't really grown together. I mean, if you ever watched Arizona play this year, and you and I watched a lot because we know Pace Mannion really well and his son Nico was on the team. And they didn't look like a cohesive unit. Now, is it because they didn't play well together? Is it because despite all the talent, they had holes on the roster that, you know, with another year they could have filled in? Is it because guys had one role their whole life and then had a different role on this team? I mean, Nico was clearly the star on a bunch of teams he was on, and he was clearly not the star on this team. Don't bring the ball up court, run a pick and roll, decide if you want to shoot a three, go to the hoop and dunk on somebody's head, or kick it out. Come up, throw it to the wing, and maybe you'll get the ball back. Probably you won't, but maybe you will. It was a different role for him, and it clearly impacted his stats and the way his game looked. Clearly. And so you have a chance to beat those wildly talented teams if you keep your guys and you grow together, and the Utes aren't doing that. So first, they have a winning problem. Second, they have a guys are transferring who ought to be staying in the program problem. And then the last thing I would talk about is, boy, everybody's losing three recruits this year. I'd rank them on on percentage of the problem. It's 60%. They don't go to the NCAA tournament. It's 35%. They have got to do a better job of keeping guys in the program who are talented, who they've invested in. And then 5% of the discussion can be everybody loses transfers. Because everybody doesn't lose guys off the top of the roster. And, and I think even that, you have to say, they're losing guys off the top of the roster and they're losing more talent than they're taking back in the transfer portal. You know, I think it would be a different discussion if they were pulling in some of the talented players that we see Gonzaga and San Diego State get. Because they don't have the same roster cohesion that, I don't know, maybe Utah State had this year. But they brought in more talent than they lost. I'd have to go back and see a year ago who did – I, I can't remember everyone – I'm not sure I remember everyone BYU lost, but they took in more talent than they lost. So they ended up with an NCAA caliber team, even though it wasn't a tourney. They were clearly going get to get in and get a nice seat. All right, how much of that did I miss on? That's what I think. Shoot me down. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't even consider the seniors because to me the seniors are gone <laughs> guys the grad transfers if they have anybody who's been a grad transfer gone i mean anybody who's a senior who's graduated it's understood that they're going to leave uh, and uh, there was a quote i think it was one of the assistants at byu may have been chris burgess i can't remember i read it in one of the papers i think uh, the d news jeff call had it uh, quote saying we want to get old and stay old well, the Utes are going in the opposite direction. They're Got young, young and they're getting stable. younger. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just not a recipe for winning. It really doesn't matter who you are. I mean, unless you're Kentucky and Duke and you can, you know, have these elite, elite level guys. And even them, they're not for assured of it by any stretch. But just this getting young and staying, getting young and getting younger 
is going to lead. I think that to me, I wouldn't put number one going not going to the NCAA tournament because that's the byproduct of these kids leaving. If the kids had stayed, they'd have a better chance to get to the NCAA tournament. So I would put the kids leaving, whatever reason you want to decide why they're leaving is up to you. Uh, but the fact that they're leaving leads to that is the 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 what the effect or the cause however that works and then the other side is the fact that then then once all these kids leave then it's assured that they don't go to the ncaa tournament because they had no chance to go to the ncaa tournament this past season because so many of their kids are all over the country playing basketball someplace else and last year they their senior was a senior walk-on it was the same thing with byu and the latter portions of dave rose's career is that they had few if any seniors well the result was they're not going to the ncaa tournament so this year, BYU had seven seniors, five or six, who played critical roles. Well, they were going to go to the NCAA tournament. So you need the seniors, and you know, unless you're the superstar program, you need the seniors to be on your roster playing big minutes because that's what's going to get you the NCAA tournament. I don't care how great these youngsters are, and we're going to hear this from Utah this next year oh they got these great recruits well this past season you told me well we're too young but now this next season you're even younger but somehow you're going to get there that's not consistent if you were too young this year how could you be old enough even though you got a slew of young guys next year it seems like we're going down the same road it's just absolutely Groundhog Day. We're at one of those mice in one of those wheels, and they're just spinning our wheels around and around and around. And we already know the result months before the season even gets here, let alone before the season ends. And they're getting further away every year. The record's getting worse and worse. They had a 27-win team when they went to the NCAA tournament the last time. Then they missed with a 20-win team. Then they was missed with a 19-win team. Then they missed with a 17-win team. Now they missed with a 16-win team. It's, it's not trending in the right direction. The last two teams haven't even gone to the NIT, which is just mind-boggling. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to have more on this uh, coming up. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Hashtag NFL. Listen, listen. Everything I love. On my daddy's grave, I hit that man with about max 50% of what I had. And I just hit him because I wanted him to let loose the ball. If I had knew they was going to find me 75000 I would have tried to kill him. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Right. 75? I ain't going to lie to you. But that happened, right? The gist thing Mike Tonner ever did, he handed me an envelope after that. I ain't going right. to say what, but right, right. he handed me an envelope after that. That's former Steelers star James Harrison talking about a $75,000 fine he got back in 2010 for hitting a Browns wide receiver. Concussion because of the head-to-head hit. It was not flagged in the game. So I guess we have time for all the stories from the old days now, PK, because we have no games. I can't imagine we would have been talking about this in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Ooh, man, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but This is the whole thing with the Saints that led the suspensions. And it was uh, Sean Payton was out for a year. Okay, this is not the same thing with Tomlin. If it's true, I I don't know. I have to take the man at his word. But Harrison has had some issues, so I don't know that it is true. But if it is true, it's sort of to me, it's the same thing. And 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 anytime something like this comes down in the NFL, this is a big big deal. I don't think we just brush it aside because we're in a quarantine or pandemic. This is playing paying players to injure other players. 
That's the whole essence of the Saints thing. University of Florida is open to hosting events involving pro sports teams. They're looking for a way to play during the COVID-19. The athletic director said all the pro sports teams are welcome to practice or play in the state, and Strickland reached out to discuss the facilities available in Gainesville. Available for a price, baby. Everybody's going to have budget shortfalls. Donors aren't going to be given as much. You're not going to be selling tickets by the tens of thousands for people to go to games, apparently. So if you can rent out that baseball stadium right now, some major league team that can't train in New York or Boston or Philly or wherever. Done deal. Gainesville, huh? Come on down. Gainesville, Florida. Of course, you'd be competing with all the uh, spring training facilities, too. So. Gainesville, Florida. That is the home of Tom Petty. You been to Gainesville? I have not been to Gainesville. I have been to uh, uh, many other places in Florida, but I have not been. I've been to Jacksonville, been to Miami, been to Key West, but uh, I've not been up that far to Gainesville. Arrest warrants have been issued in South Florida for New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar in connection to an armed robbery investigation. According to Miramar Police, Baker's arrest warrant is for four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. Dunbar is wanted on four counts of armed robbery with a firearm. According to the arrest warrant, Baker and Dunbar are accused of stealing money and watches with force while armed with semi-automatic firearms. Read some quotes on this last night from witnesses who said it looked like it was all planned. The getaway car was available, pointed in the right direction to get out of there fast. They thought the whole thing was uh, organized as opposed to, you know, some kind of fight that escalated and somebody took something off somebody. It's a weird deal. We don't usually hear about this. The, the comments from the teams, I don't know if I've seen anything from the Seahawks, but I know the Giants said they're, they're aware of it and collecting information. I assume the Seahawks are along the same lines. That was... Uh, that was a story I did not expect. Popped up and saw that. Well, no, no, I didn't expect it either. Yeah, it's crazy. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I definitely think we'll play. All this talk of these schools wanting to bring players back on June 1st is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And so um, we got to be patient. We'll get one good shot at it to bring them back at the right time when we're as prepared and know as much about this as we possibly can. And uh, But I do believe if we do it right and we don't get ahead of ourselves that we will be able to play a season, whether that's this fall, whether that's in the spring, whether it's a combination, whether it's just a full schedule, shortened schedule, you know, I don't know. That is Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma coach. We've got to be patient. We have one good shot at it. I kind of thought the plan for bringing him back June 1 and starting to work him out was that maybe they have more confidence if the campuses are only partially open, that they kind of keep people in a bubble, and then that would give them more time to play games. I wondered with the talk of the Pac-12 playing 11 games, if part of the plan was, hey, if it's this, we can control this schedule here, and if it takes us 22 weeks to play 11 games, as you know, there are different hot spots, and if somebody tests positive at one school and has to be quarantined, maybe we can do that. I was kind of guessing that was what they were thinking, and I haven't read that, but it doesn't sound like that's what Lincoln Riley is thinking.
Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I don't know why bringing players back June 1st, why it's one of the craziest things he's ever heard of. I mean, health clubs, gyms are opening up, reopening up. I mean, they're not reopening in the manner that they were to a large degree. But if, if fill-in-the-blank gym across the street from the campus can be open and you can bring in some people and they have to make reservations and they can stay for an hour as opposed to going whenever you want and staying as long as you want, all those types of things. I mean, why couldn't you do that in the other way with uh, the schools? You know, you bring in six players, say, off the top of my head. And so you have some, especially for the players who are in town, the local players, you know, guys who are out of state and they went home. It's a different story. I understand that. But as far as maybe what they call the soft opening, the small opening, uh, if you can do it across the street, why couldn't you do it at the university? You know, it won't be the same. I understand that. But I don't think it's that outrageous. SEC presidents and chancellors don't either. They're scheduled to vote May 22nd. That's a week from today on whether to allow their schools to open athletic facilities to athletes for voluntary workouts in June. The vote would allow players to access facilities starting June 1 or extend the currently imposed suspension on athletic activities. i got to say, the other thing that in all of this is I, I wonder if they do get one good shot at it. If they open this up June 1 or June 15 or July 1 or whatever, and there's some positive tests, and they decide to shut it down. Do you really think the PR backlash will be so bad against them that they couldn't open it up again October 1 or November 1? Because they hadn't really considered there'd only be like one shot, and then they'd shut down the whole year. I, I, I'd say I was at least 80-20 or 90-10 the other way. I hadn't really locked in on the whole one good shot thing. I guess you can't rule it out, but I hadn't really thought it was a high probability. Yeah, I get your point. I think we're mirroring society, too, here. I mean, if we're just going to sit around and wait until there's a 100% chance of nothing ever happening again for the rest of time and all eternity, as you guys like to say, well, then, my goodness, we're never going to get anywhere. That's 12 to 18 months on the short end of a vaccine, right? And, and people are saying even the vaccine is found how long before you make hundreds of millions, billions of vaccines and get them distributed so, and paid for so that everybody can get the shot, or at least a large number of people can get the shot. So, yeah, I'm with you. I thought there would be multiple bites at the apple here over the next 12, 18, whatever it is, months. Power 5 Conference Commissioners recently had a conference call with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and are hoping to glean some insight from the league as it takes the lead in navigating football through the coronavirus pandemic. This is what uh, Kyle Whittingham was talking about, I think, when he said, hey, if the NFL can do it, then we can. But if they can't, how can we possibly do it? So... Get on the same page. I mean, you get 53-man rosters, 85 scholarship guys. You know, the numbers are a little different, but the issues seem like they're largely the same. Yes. Cal coach Justin Wilcox said his staff has looked at potentially conducting preseason training outside the Bay Area if the college football season starts on time and restrictions are in place that won't allow the Golden Bears to hold camp on campus. Chico State, Hello. Where's he headed? Vacaville. Reno, come on. I don't know if there's any more facilities in Reno. I'd assume the University of Nevada. Just share it with, with UNR. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 
We have um, an arrangement with a lab in Utah that has historically done our minor league drug testing. We paid, made an investment to convert them over to do the testing that we need in order to play. Um, we have an established set of healthcare professionals that have done collections for drug testing that we'll use for this same purpose. The lab in Utah um, has assured us of a 24-hour turnaround on all uh, on all of our tests. So we feel comfortable that by doing multiple tests a week and trying to minimize that, that turnaround time, we're doing everything humanly possible to make sure that the players are safe. If you're going to use a drug testing lab in Utah, then to Las Vegas and Portland. They can get back in line. Yak, I saw you tweeting this out last night. Bring us an MLB franchise. Leverage this for an expansion team. PK, this is Jersey hardball. We might need you to lead the negotiations here. Uh, forget expansion. I want the Yankees. <laughs> Sorry, Steinbrenners. You're going to Salt Lake City. Pinstripes, baby. <laughs> I think in all of that, uh, the thing that Rob Manfred said that everybody out of track is that a positive test won't mean shutting down an entire team. I have not been clear on this, whether it's college football or basketball or the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball. Are you going to shut down a team if there's a test, assuming that they've all there's a positive test? Because you can test them all right away, but it may not show up for three or four days. So is the other team going to be okay with playing a team where this just happened. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure how that was going to play, play out, but Manfred says here uh, it will not mean shutting down an entire team. They'll quarantine the, whoever tests positive and then just keep playing. And it'll be interesting to see if the players' uh, union is all good with that. I don't know, man. My head is spinning. That's what's trending. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, 8 o'clock, David Locke is here for his weekly visit. Brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. In the 9 o'clock hour, spring football tour continues. We're headed to Oregon State. Angie Machado will join us from beaverblitz.com. And Andy Toulson, former BYU basketball star, former jazz guy. Also dad of the new BYU Hoops commit, Tanner Toulson. Andy will join us at 930. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.